0: Turning your Bibles to Psalm 100. Um, I, I wish uh, that the way I like to be a pastor, it doesn't happen that often, but um, I like to. Uh, read through the scriptures and go, oh yeah, this is a great message for the people of Bear Valley Church. They really struggle with this. I don't personally struggle with this. This is just stuff that they need to know. And uh, then I can just preach a message. I've got it all wired and you uh, come on board and you just follow after me because I'm the perfect model of everything. That's the way I'd like it to be. Uh, The reality is much different than that. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say that even uh, thinking about thanksgiving, uh, I'm just not as thankful as I want to be or I know I need to be. Uh, In fact, um, much of my life is marked by uh, greed and complaining and selfishness. Um, And all those are ugly words that we can all relate to. Um, So this morning, we're going to look at Psalm 100. I heard a pastor say um, this last week that uh, one day a year we uh, set aside to be thankful. And then, you know, we set aside that day to be thankful. And then the very next day we wake up early so we can wrestle for toasters at Walmart. Um, and that's about the, the extent of it, right? That uh, we set aside a very small portion. And most of us have a tough time making it through that day being thankful. Um, depending on how many family members you have there, um, and then the next day we 're off to the races uh, with other things this morning, I wanted to focus on uh, a psalm that hopefully that we can all relate to and it'll encourage us to um, be thankful and to be appropriately thankful to the Lord it's interesting that most of the time when we are uh, greedy selfish or uh, in any way, uh, shape, or form, complainers, we most of the time think it's something we do. Uh, You know, I need to stop doing that, or I need to stop saying that. And we forget that that has a source, uh, the source of our own heart. There's something wrong inside of us. And this morning, I I realized that it's not just something wrong inside of us, it's something wrong that we're looking to. And this morning, as we look at this psalm, I hope that our eyes can get fixed on a God who loves us so much and cares for us and um, is something, uh, he is someone that we can be thankful for because of who he is. I'd ask that you'd stand and in honor of God's word, I'd like to, um, if you'd stand and then um, I'd like to read to you Psalm 100. This is what God's word says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, is he who made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever forever and his faithfulness to all generations. God, I ask that you would uh, guide our thoughts, uh, that you would stir our hearts to be thankful. God, help us to take our eyes off of ourselves, uh, our circumstances, the things that we want, and fix our eyes on you. God, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Um, noise is not something that we like most of the time. In fact, if you're a parent or a grandparent, uh, have you ever scolded uh, a child for being too noisy? Yes. You, you have. You have. You need to quiet down. You need. In fact, when we say the word noise most all the time, it's in a context that it's bad. It's bad. And yet uh, in the first verse of Psalm 100, it says, make a joyful noise. And kids know what this is. Adults do too, but they blocked it out of their mind. Uh, It's the idea of that that there's just so much good stuff inside of you. You're excited that it comes out in your mouth, that you're excited. Uh, It's a joyful noise. And it In the psalm this morning, it says, make a joyful noise. It's the idea that you should do this. Uh, I don't know how many of you did this coming in this morning. You were just so excited to come to church. You were bounding in here and you just couldn't stand it. It had to come out. Um, That's the picture here. And as I put my life against this psalm, I realize that that's not me. And so there's something wrong with me. And I think what's wrong with me is that I've thought too much about myself, uh, about what I want, about how my life is not everything that I have dreamed of it to be and missed that there's a God who loves me and a God who is far more magnificent than I should even be able to contain. It should come out. And so he says, make a joyful noise realized that this is a song. This is something that they would have sung. Obviously, uh, this morning we have sung and we have songs that we sing that reflect who God is and about our relationship with him. And this was something they would sing and they would say, this is, I need to make a joyful noise uh, to the Lord. It's interesting. It says all the earth. I, I realized that not everyone is thankful. Not everyone even seeks to be thankful. Uh, many people around the world, they don't give any acknowledgement to God at all. And yet, because of who He is, all the earth, all the earth, all its inhabitants, everyone, no matter where they are, what it is only right that they would uh, make a joyful noise to the Lord, that they would praise Him, that they would be ones filled with thanksgiving. I realize that you may be struggling today um, as you roll into church. It's not that you come as a blank slate and you're just waiting for the day to turn out as it is. You come with the previous days. Uh, you come with your struggles your health concerns, your family concerns. That may even be amplified by Thanksgiving. Sometimes uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas are tough times because we see clearly who our family is and maybe some of the regrets that we have in relationships that are tough. Um, and so it may have been amplified. And yet he says, make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Well, I want to figure out in this psalm how we can do that um, if you're not feeling so joyful this morning. He goes on in verse 2. The similar thought, he says, serve the Lord with gladness. The idea of worshiping the Lord and and really bringing this heart of gladness as we come before the Lord. Um, Worship has been, um, I don't know how to say this, but has been messed up in uh, the past years. And I think it's always a struggle because most of the time when we come to worship the Lord, whether it be in a church setting or gathering uh, ourselves before his word, we come to get. We come to get, and the idea of worshiping is not coming to get. It's coming to give, and so the idea of giving. And some of you say, "Well, I appreciate you saying giving because I really like uh, the the process of giving, especially if people are giving to me. I like giving. Um, if I would give you a present, if I were to give you a present right now." Uh, we would become better friends, right? Uh, you would like it if I gave you a gift and you say, yeah, that's why I come to church. For people to input into my life, to, for for me to see my friends, that I would see them and that would enliven my heart. And yet, and yet, we come to worship. And he says, he couples this picture of serving worship with gladness. I come with a heart of gladness. Maybe you've struggled with that this morning. Um, I wish I wish you could see what goes on in my home on Sunday morning. You know, we we all get out of bed at, at six o'clock in the morning, and our hair's all in place, and uh, we we all look to one another and we go, "It's Sunday morning! It's Sunday morning! Oh, wonderful!" And we all sit around the uh, breakfast table, and there's you know. There's muffins and stuff like that, you know, uh, orange juice and milk. It looks like one of those uh, breakfast commercials, you know, and we're all sitting there in our, we're already dressed at the dinner at the breakfast table. Um, please pass the uh, milk. Oh, I'd love to. You're welcome. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, it's not. It's not. And um I don't know what your house is like on a Sunday morning. Sometimes it's hard to get to church. And you say, no, I I come all the time. No, I'm not just saying get to church. I'm saying get to church with a good attitude. Now we're talking, right? Some of you are going, no, no. It's hard. And the picture here is one of coming before the Lord, coming to serve him with gladness. The picture of saying, this is what I want to do. I'm so happy. It's coming out. It's got to come out. Because of what the Lord has done. Well, I I want this kind of attitude, um, this kind of attitude that says I can't be silent. And then he uh, then he says at the end of verse two, "Come into His presence with singing." I've said this before; I'll say it again. Um, God's people, we sing, and it's it's so unusual. It's so unusual because we don't sing in other places. Uh, you don't sing at your work. Um, you, you, you don't gather around and and sing of the greatness of your company at work. I, I'm I know some of where you work, and I just that would be funny. Just picture you know over at the prison, they're gathering before the day, and let's uh, let's sing about the greatness of the state of California and the prisoners we're going to watch today. You know, uh, it doesn't happen, right? The software geeks here, you know, uh, gathering around and singing of software. Uh, it's it just—it's just interesting. We, we, there's no other places. Why? Because there's nothing to sing about. And yet, God has somehow connected our hearts with our voices and the idea of making melody. We gotta sing. It's gotta come out. And what is it? It's that we have a relationship, and that God is so great that He deserves. Um, and it's only right that it would come out in a sense of joyful singing and service. In verse 3, um, it's part of this turning of our eyes, turning of our eyes, saying, What is it that I'm complaining about? What is it that I'm not getting? And turning our eyes away from that stuff to another place, another focal point. And it's God, it's Him. Um, I, I love th- this one little verse, These, the way this, this psalm lays itself out um, by God's own design. It, it's so beautiful. He says, it turns us to Him. Verse 3, know that the Lord, He is God. Know that the Lord, He is God. Um, w- sometimes it's, you've got to be careful, but you got to ask the question sometimes, what doesn't it say here? What doesn't it say? And it doesn't in verse 3 say, Know that, insert your name, he or she is God. For myself, I, I might read it like this. Know that Kevin, he is God. That's not true. That's not true. And yet, uh, in the midst of our complaining and selfishness, what we're doing is we're saying that what I get and what I am and who, what I want my day to be like is for me, that I am the focal point, that I am the one that is most important and that all of life and all the people around me and all the circumstances should somehow come because I am God. Uh, you realize how awful that sounds and how ridiculous it is even. Uh, uh, It just seems comical because you're saying, Kevin, that's so self-centered and it's obviously not true. And for us to focus on the Lord and remember that He is God over all, He is the one that is powerful. He is the one that deserves all the worship and thanksgiving. If you turn to that next line there, it tells us another thing. It is he who made us. It is he who made us. God is not just God overall, but he is our God creator. And he made you. Uh, it's, it is important, especially for all of us to acknowledge here. If, if you made yourself, if you made yourself and are not uh, a creation of God, this message is not for you. Uh, you, you should have a Thanksgiving day all for yourself. And you should be thankful for how great you are that you made yourself. Because everyone else, everyone else is a creation of God. And and it goes from we have a Lord that he is God overall. And not just that, but he is our creator. He is our creator. And so how it follows is him being God overall, our creator. He owns us. He owns us. He made you, and we are His. And we are His. Um, you know, it's interesting about tools, and I'm not a great um, I'm not great at working at anything with my hands, to be honest with you. A, a big hammer is usually the the best tool that I can use, and it's just for wailing on things. Okay, but it's interesting about tools when you try to use something that doesn't work to do something else, it doesn't work very well. And you're trying to, you know, screw in a um, a screw with a hammer. It just doesn't work all that well, especially if you try to get the screw out later, you know. It's one of those things because it wasn't made for that. And so some of our problem is this very thing is that we think that we are meant to be God, or gods, whatever you want to say it. We think that we are meant to be sovereign over our lives. And yet, if we would just see ourselves as we are, a creation of a God who is over us, uh, that helps us find our spot to be the tool that God has made us to be, to be used by Him, to be in proper perspective to Him. goes on to uh, become more tender That we are not just his possession, but listen to this. We are his people. We are his people. The the picture here is this, that that we're just not uh, a person that's out there, but we are his. That we are tender. That he's drawn us to himself. And then uh, then it says this, and the sheep of his pasture. Sheep of his pasture. Um, it's interesting. Uh, do any of you ever uh, kind of like the town gossip look at other people's houses? You ever drive by and check out how their landscaping's looking? You ever uh, wonder what's going on? Uh, when you see other people's kids, do you look at the way they're dressed and wonder what's going on there? Do you look at people's cars and kind of go, oh, I can tell some stuff's going on there? It looks like they haven't. Wash their car in a while. You know, it's interesting. Uh, farmers and ranchers do this too. It's interesting. They would they would go by uh, one another's fields and they'd look at them and they'd go, oh man, where, where'd they learn how to plow? You know, it looks, you know, their rows aren't even straight. They look at each other's tractors and they'd say, oh, you know, what a piece of junk. They're not even taking care of it like they should. You need to shine it up, make it look better. They look at uh, their fences and they, they laugh and they say, boy, he doesn't even know how to take care of their fences. You should see mine. And they look back and forth. They look at each other's livestock and they say, oh, man, if you just feed them every once in a while and if you take good care of them and this needs to be done and that needs to be done. He just, It's like he doesn't even care. The picture here is this. God says this. He says, you know, I, I have... I, I, I'm God over all. I'm God of creation. I, I, you are mine. You are my people. And guess what? You're part of my pasture. You, you, you're a sheep that lives with me. And and when you live with me, I take care of you. My pasture is beautiful. Where I have placed you is safe. You're under my care. I, I am the shepherd over you. You're part of my flock. The beautiful picture here is this, that we don't just have a distant God who is over all, but we have a God who is over all. And he is personally over us. And he loves us. We are his. We we get the benefits of being part of his flock. You know, that's something to be thankful for, isn't it? I, I don't know what's going on in your life right now. I don't know what struggles you're struggling with. But the picture of uh, of this passage is not just that life is difficult, and it is, but that because of what God who who He is and what He extends to us in relationship with Him, we have this sweet spot in His family, in His flock, and so this is something to be thankful for. In verse four. Uh, goes back to thanking and praising Him. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. Bless His name. Why? Uh, Look back to the previous verse, right? That's why. You say, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. If you don't have anything to be thankful for, you don't have a relationship with God. You you don't know that he exists. You don't know who he is. You've 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 lost focus that you are not God of the universe that he is, and that he has brought you and provided for you in his flock. So enter his thanks with uh, enter his courts with thanksgiving. Uh, I better read this. I'm messing up the words. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. It's interesting at, at Thanksgiving time, I don't know if you uh, watched any TV or um, were around, but the word of Thanksgiving and being thankful, boy we throw that around real well, don't we? I'm super thankful. And most of that is just uh, a good feeling in our inside of us, right? A warm feeling that we have what we want. We, we acknowledge that we have some things that we want. But all this this psalm is connected, not just to being thankful inside, but where it came from. Where it came from, came from him. The picture here is entering into worship as they would gather in the temple and the gates and as they would come into his presence, it's the idea that I'm excited to be here. Why? There's a simple reason why. Because he's the source of all Good that is. I have a relationship with God, so he he calls us. The psalmist calls us. It is a song of worship. This is the way we need to come to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Well, I want to look at this last verse, and it gives us three reasons we can be thankful for every day, no matter what. These three things are true every day, and we can remember to be thankful for them. Um, is anybody in your household grouchy? Yeah. If someone in your household is grouchy, don't point them out or anything. Just acknowledge that every once in a while, some people are grouchy in your house. And well, it's kind of different. It's kind of different, isn't it? Because some of you are struggling with, am I am I grouchy? And then you start doing, well, I'm not always grouchy. I'm not always grouchy. And then you start throwing out percentages. Well, half the time I'm not grouchy. The problem with that, you know what that is, right? Is that the rest of your family? Uh, they wake up in the morning and they go, I wonder how they're going to be today. <laughs> And if you have multiple people in your house, sometimes they commiserate. You know, they they get to, hey, hey, what's mom like today? She, how's she doing? You know, and, or they say, hey, how, how was Dad's day at work? You know, should we steer clear? Or is it a good time? You know, they're 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 saying, well, I wonder how they are. That's true, isn't it? Our emotions sometimes are like a roller coaster. One day uh, we're bounding and is exploding with thanksgiving and we're happy. And the very next day it's like, and you're like, Whoa, what happened? These three things, these three things in the last verse in chapter uh, 100 um, are super important for us to remember. If you're going to be the person who's thanks, thankful and filled with joy. First thing is this, for the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Uh, before your feet hit the floor tomorrow morning you can wake up and you can say oh no right you're starting to go through your day I know some of you struggle with this you know what's coming up I got things on the plan that I'm nervous about and uh, so you wake up first thing you think of but before you you can say this one thing I know this for certain I know this for certain the Lord is good the Lord is good. Whatever goes on today, I know this one thing. The Lord is good. Hey, that's good. That's confidence, right? Thanksgiving, interesting. Uh, as we reflect back, as we reflect back, most of the time it, we see things that happen. There, say, I'm thankful for this event or that happened. This is being thankful in the present and even forward. The Lord is good. I know that for certain. That's number one. That you know that the Lord is good. That he is not bad. He is not mean. He is not vindictive to you. He he is not someone who enjoys your failure. The Lord is good. The second thing is this. His steadfast love endures forever. Okay? His love. His love. Um, what, What can you be thankful for as... Before anything gets rolling tomorrow, for his love, for his love. Um, his, it's too simple to say just his love. And that's why it's extended out as steadfast love endures forever. But our Lord, he loves us with his kind of love. Um, and it endures forever. We, we wonder what the future holds, right? We wonder, you know, wherever we are in life, uh, we wonder what the next week will hold or the next year or the next 10 years. And we, we're wondering, well, how are things going to change? Everything's going to be different. Uh, we see changes in family members. We see their attitudes up and down and roller coasters. But what, what we see here is this is so great. That his love for us, that that love is a forever kind of love. The word endures. uh, Why do you say endure? Uh, Because you and I, it takes endurance to love us. Think about that. Um. What God is saying is you're hard to love. You you are hard to love. Would you agree? Some of you aren't agreeing with me right now. I'm gonna ask your kids. I'm gonna ask your spouse. Your heart you say, no, I'm not that bad. Yes, you are. And I know. Because I'm that difficult to love. You see, what what this love is, and it's the love it's talked about throughout the Old Testament and Psalms, and it's re- reflected in Christ in the New Testament. It's his promised love. And, and, and this is what's so great is God says, I promise in myself that I will love you. I will love you. You say, What's so great about that? He doesn't say I will love you if you're faithful in your love for me. He says, no, it's dependent upon me that I would love you. That's my promised love for you. And that love, that love, he says, endures forever, forever for you. It's it's so great because you say, well, what will the future? I don't know what the future hold. Might be a bunch of bad stuff. But I know in the midst of that, that God, his love for you, will endure forever, forever. That's number two. So we can be thankful that he is good. We can be thankful for his love. And the third thing is his faithfulness. Uh, The idea of faithfulness is that God will be with us. That He will not abandon us; He will be right there with us. And what's so great? It's the idea that our relationship with Him will work. You know, it will be good. It will it will satisfy. It will meet the needs that I have. And, and I love the way it says it here because it says this: "And His faithfulness to all generations." Um, what's so great about that? Kids, we have some kids here this morning. Kids, you know what's great about God's faithfulness to you? It's this, that when your mom and dad have problems, God will be enough for their problems. He can be trusted in their problems. And if you have grandparents, you know, older than your parents, it's funny how that works out. Um, But if you have grandparents and they're having problems, guess what? God, the same God, the same God who will be enough for your parents enough for their needs to walk with them. It'll be true of uh, your grandparents. Too. If you have great grandparents uh, and go, going on that way. Guess what, kids? This is what's amazing. He's going to be enough for you. You might be scared of all kinds of things, kids, and, and wonder about what's going to happen. And, oh, well, this person like me. And God says, forget about all that. I will be with you. I will be enough for you. And kids, you say, well, you know, I don't know how this whole growing up thing does. What, what happens if I grow up and I have kids? How will I do that? Guess what? It'll be, he'll be enough for them too. I love it. The God, he promises his faithfulness through all generations. From the oldest to the youngest. And the generations to come. I want to tell you, um, we struggle with being thankful. Uh, we're greedy, selfish Proud people um, complaining. Uh, and yet, as we take our eyes off what we want and thinking that we are in control and focus on God and who he is and what he promises, it fills our hearts. It reminds us that we have something to be thankful for. Let me pray for us. God, um, thank you. Uh, Thank you for revealing your word to us this morning and helping us to see how great you are. God, help that to sink in and to uh, be a full picture of who you are. God, help us to not fix our eyes on the things that uh, don't matter or the things that are secondary and just fix our eyes on you. God, fill our hearts with thanksgiving God, um, we struggle in many ways. Uh, This is just one of them this morning. And we're grateful that you uh, take care of us every day. God, glorify yourself and your church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.